Welcome to the Church Podcast, talking all things ministry to help you do church better. I'm your co-host, John Ronaldo, and I am joined here by Chris Wesley. How's it going today, my friend? John, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It is post-Thanksgiving, and, uh, you know, I am, well, it's post-Thanksgiving when this airs. Um, I'm anticipating Thanksgiving. I'm really excited about it, but... um, yeah, no, no, no. I'm I'm doing well. I uh, can't complain. We're in the midst of Advent. How about you? Happy uh, I yeah, thank you. I am so shocked that we're here already. Uh, it's like I don't know how we got here. Honestly, like it's Christmas is gonna be around the corner. We're in Advent. Thanksgiving's past, and so uh, I'm still in shock. To be totally honest, I'm still in shock. I'm like, okay, I gotta get in this Advent preparation mood. So I am uh, trying to do a couple things to just kind of keep me focused and prepared on that as we we head towards this incredible experience of the nativity. Well, but I'm excited. It's a fun season. My kids are excited. My wife's excited. So uh, we're gearing up for all of it. Well, and it's good you're gearing up because this is a season where we really have to be in high performance, right? You know, because it's, uh, if you're a family person, right, you probably have the Christmas concerts. Uh, you have the Christmas shopping, even though most of it's done online. If you work in a church, you've got preparing for Advent. You've got the feast day of uh, St. Nicholas. You've got uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe. You know, there's like uh, half a million things going on in church world and personal world. And um, you might be busting your tail off, but those around you uh, might not be picking up the slack. Now, John, I'm not going to ask you about your family because I'm sure, you know, uh, your wife, Rosie, she's she's the one that's uh, leading the charge and, and you're struggling to keep up, right? I mean, like, absolutely. Of course. Yeah, of let's, course. let's just be fair. The same thing with Kate <laughs> and myself. But, um, you know, that might not be the case for people in church world um, and not necessarily because of Advent, but just in general, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and one of the things that's interesting that I think that happens in church ministry a, a lot is, is, is performance. How do we deal with performance issues? And, and people know that one of the one of the struggles in the culture of church staff that often happens, I've certainly experienced in different roles that, that I've been in, and maybe you've experienced it too, Chris, is that people know who on staff is is working their butts off, has a hard work ethic, is making things happen. And those that are slacking a little bit, maybe not meeting goals and stuff like that. Um, and it's one of the areas that creates a, a, a negative culture uh, and can kind of really affect morale. And it's also the area that is often less talked about in parish ministry. We just don't talk about accountability and results and and what we're really looking for people to do. And if I could be quite blunt, Chris, I think a lot of it just has to do with people hate conflict. And and I'm specifically thinking about supervisors, whether you're the pastor or pastor administrator or director of faith formation or whoever, whoever is supervising the parish and how they're supervising their staff. And so we often don't want to deal with conflict. We don't want to be the bad guy. We want everybody to like us, which is me. I'm raising my hand. I'm right there. That then we don't address this persistent issue of lack of performance by certain staff. And it continues to bog down our ministry efforts. Morale goes down, the culture goes down and, and, and you your hard workers at some point start going, why am I working so hard when other people on staff don't? And I think it's something that we have to address, Chris. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And I mean, I think you you sort of mentioned it. It, it, It's conflict. It's uh, 
you know, being afraid to um, tell someone that they're not doing a good job. And there's different levels to it, right? Like if I'm a manager and one of my uh, team members is underperforming, that, that can be simply taken care of in an evaluation or performance review, right? Like you, you set goals with them, you say, how are you doing with this? But where it gets a little bit, um, I think, stressful is when you're not a manager, right? Or maybe um, your manager is the one who is dropping the ball on things. And it's not this like usual sort of where, not that we promote people to lord their power over other people, but it, it is in this more delicate sort of situation where your team members, your coworkers, and you want to have a good relationship with them. And maybe you actually even like the person, you know, on a personal level, they're just not a good worker. Um, it, it's addressing that. It, it's how to approach that. So, so John, if people are facing that situation, what in your experience would you recommend as the first steps? Yeah, well, let's talk about the supervisor first and, and the role of okay. the supervisor in this um, before we talk about the role of the peer in this, because that's a whole different thing. And, and my, my advice on that will be really short when we get to that point. But, but for the supervisor, I think it's really important. One of the biggest issues that we have is that we don't do a good job of setting clear expectations in terms of of, of measurable results of what we want people to do. And that's really part of the performance evaluation process that happens at the year's end is, is setting goals for the next year. So what are we expecting you to do this next year? Supervisors, again, whether you're a pastor or whatever your role is as a supervisor, if you're managing staff, you got to create a system where you're talking about the things that they want to achieve over the course of the next ministry year. Uh, because un until we do that, we actually can't measure performance well. And I know we've talked about performance evaluation before, and I'm not going to rehash that. Uh, and we'll, we'll certainly link to that pre you know, from a previous episode in the, in the notes. Um, but we've got to set metrics. What are the expectations? Here's what often happens, Chris, and, and you probably know this. It's like we just kind of keep doing the same thing over and over and over again every year because we – don't have vision around it. We haven't been given any guidance around where we should go or how we should go about doing things. And then what ends up happening is supervisors start getting frustrated when their staff is not meeting expectations. But the problem is we never clarified those expectations of your staff. And so you're getting frustrated. Your staff member that you're supervising has no idea that you're frustrated about anything because you never told them what the expectations are. That is a perfect part of the conversation at the end of the performance evaluations. What are our goals? And we've talked about one-on-ones, Chris, right? You know, a one-on-ones play an important role in this. And every time you have a one-on-one -on -one with your staff member, and we recommend, you know, once a week, every week for 30 minutes, you know, with your, your staff individually, you know, your one-on-one -on -one agenda should consist of how are we moving towards those goals. Where Where is that uh, where's that consistency? And, and let's come back to that because here's what happens. We come up with goals and then we never talk about it again for the rest of the year. The one-on-ones become an opportunity to continue to, uh, to continue to, to talk through those goals so that they're continually front and center so that everybody is aware in this relationship. And again, I'm talking about the supervisor supervisee relationship, how we're moving forward on these particular goals. Mm. Yeah, no, and but there's importance to that too because let's say you have a leadership management team, or let's just say 
uh, the manager we're talking about is the pastor. If you don't clarify expectations to your employees or to your team, or if I'm a manager and not the pastor, like let's just say I'm the director of family ministry or director of liturgy, and my expectations or goals are different for my team than they are for another team, which there should be some different differences, but you know, similarities, that's going to cause confusion. Because if I'm getting an annual review, let's just say I'm getting an annual review from my supervisor, but John, you're not getting one from yours, you know, then there's going to be different expectations so that when we're working on a project and you're not performing to what I think are the clear stated expectations of the organization, then that's going to cause resentment as well. So some of these like, um, so I, I think everything stems back to leadership, which makes sense. But if you as a, a pastor are listening to this or as a manager, you know, and you're thinking about your team, your employees, if you don't want them to have resentment towards one another and thinking like someone's slacking and someone's not, then you've got to make sure that the expectations that you have as a management team or leadership team are similar. Absolutely. It's about consistency of, of yeah. your, your HR processes. That's what I'm going to call it, your human resource processes. It's got to be consistent across the board. So, you know, that, that all the supervisors are doing a, a similar thing. Obviously, you, you supervise each staff uniquely because everybody has different gifts and strengths and whatnot, you know, but the processes are the same. And that's a real important piece to this. So I agree with that wholeheartedly. But let's get to the real crux of the issue here, Chris. At least this is what I think is a big deal. And I know I talked to a lot of a lot of people about this. Is okay, good. We we we've we have the, the metrics, we know what's expected, but what do I do when someone's constantly keeps underperforming and and mm. continuously does not meet the expectations that we have set forth? Again, this is where I think we really struggle is if we can get the expectations right, great. Let, and then we have clear communication. That's the first step. The second step is, okay, if someone's continually un underperforming, what do we do? So let me stop and say, usually most people, if we're constantly talking about expectations and goals and metrics and whatnot, uh, people are going to live up to that standard. That's what I have found, right? You know, you raise the bar to the level uh, that you want people to perform and you don't lower that bar right? Because people will only often go up to the level of expectations. So our job as, as, as leaders in the church is to raise that bar, right? And so, and I want people to really work to get to that bar. It's got to be realistic, right? But it's also got to be a little bit uncomfortable, right? Because we want people to be out of their comfort zone. We want people to grow in their ministry and challenge the way they do things. So we've got to raise the expectations and not lower them. So here's, here's what, here's one response that happens that supervisors do that doesn't work is when they constantly see someone who's underperforming, instead of pushing them to that higher expectation, they just start to lower expectations. That is inappropriate. That's, just, that's not what we want in church, especially, right? When you've got, when the mission is so Christocentric, you know, and we want people to know Christ, why would we want to lower expectations? no. We got to hold expectations. And so I really would advocate those of you who are supervisors, like hold those expectations. Okay. So the question is, Chris, now they're, they're underperforming. They're not moving forward. What do I do? What do I do? This you is where no, no. <laughs> you fire them. No, yeah. that is no, no. you ignore them. No. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about that. We ignore them. We fire them. What else can we come up with uh, that we go along here with that? Uh, yeah. Uh, you no, know, this is where 
this is where we have to start holding a firm line. And this is our job as supervisors. And you do this in the context of the one-on-one. -on -one. And, and, and by the way, this is going to be a whole lot easier if you're meeting one-on-one -on -one weekly with your staff, all right? If you're not meeting one-on-one -on -one weekly, go back to our one-on-one -on -one, uh, podcast. I'll link to it on the show notes here for episode 110 of the church podcast. Take a look at that. That's essential to this process because this is a secondary piece to the one-on-one. -on -one. You've got to yeah. start holding a firm line and say, look, I, I said that you needed to get this done by, I'm making up a date, by August 1st. You haven't done it, okay? It's now August 5th. We're meeting. You've got to do this. And, and, and I'm giving you a verbal warning here. You've got to take care of this. So it's got to be done by August 15th. I need it done. You see what I did there, Chris, is, is first of all, I was very clear about dates of when I want stuff, but I also gave them that warning, right, which is, a, again, a very HR practice. Your wife could probably talk more about that being an HR professional, right? You know, but we're, we become very clear on when I want something accomplished, right? Oftentimes, things aren't being accomplished because we don't give them a date. Oh, we need you to do this by when? Oh, whenever. Okay, I'll do it next year. Right, yeah. which of course that's not what you mean when you want that 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 expectation. You want that task done, so you got to start being specific. Said we talked about this in our previous one on ones. You said you were going to have this by August first. You didn't do this. Why not? Help me understand this. I need you to do this. It needs to be done by August fifteenth, and you document it. What do I mean by document? It's not a formal you know letter or anything like that. It's just your notes that you're taking during your one on one on a little legal pad, on a blank piece of paper, or whatever you have. Look, documentation is even writing on Post-it notes, okay? That's fine. You know, it's like document. It's like we had this conversation. He didn't accomplish it by August 1st. I reiterated at our August 5th one-on-one -on -one that this needs to get done by August 15th, and they agreed to get it done by August 15th. Mm. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I think part of it, uh, you, you definitely know the part of the problem is we don't have um, not just deadlines, but also like clarify exactly what needs to be done by that date. Um, and also giving them permission to check in back with you if it's going to go beyond that, that deadline, right? Because if they come to you and say like, hey, I know, John, we were supposed to get this done by August 1st, but it looks like, you know, uh, because of this or this or this, it's going to be delayed um, by two weeks. Um, you know, then what it does is it creates more collaboration and um, you, we readjust expectations in that way as well. Um, because I think one of the reasons why I've held back on giving people deadlines sometimes is because I have no clue in my mind how long it's going to take. Mm -hmm. I have no clue like how long it's going to take. And, and that's okay. That's where you just throw out a date. And if the person you're working with has more of a clue, they might say, yeah, I think that's realistic. Or, you know what? No, I think we need more time. Or I could get that done today. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's important to put out there as well. But I, I would ask, also add, if when you confront them about not meeting that deadline or not meeting that expectation, is also to get clarity onto why they think that deadline was not met. Um, because they, you might say, like, all right, you know, this was supposed to be done by August 1st. It's August 2nd. You know, here's your first warning. Um, I would also follow up with saying, like, all right, why, why do you, why was this not done by the state? Like, did you, you know, hit, uh, you know, hit uh, a delay? Did something else pop up? 
give them a chance to sort of uh, share with you something that happened because uh, chances are something did and maybe they uh, were afraid to talk to you. Maybe they were afraid to address that with you. Um, and then that's something that's an underlying issue that you need to resolve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's great. And, 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 and there's a difference between some, a one-time thing where someone doesn't meet expectations versus somebody who's consistently not meeting expectations, right? Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I would coach the staff member who had that is like, perfectly understandable. Here's what I'd like you to do next time you think you aren't going to meet whatever expectation. Come tell me in advance. And let's find a way to get it done. Don't wait till after, right? Again, this is where one-on-ones, that weekly one-on-one allows that open communication. I want to coach them to train them. Come to me in advance because I'm much more forgiving and merciful about things if they're coming to me two weeks before whatever deadline of whatever's coming up and say, hey, I'm struggling to get this done by a certain time. You know, uh, great. Let's chat about that. Let's figure that out. I'm much more willing to do that. I want to do that. Um, And again, I think there's a difference between somebody who's who's usually pretty good about you know expectations and meeting the results versus someone who kind of constantly is not meeting the results. You know, and I draw a hard line more on people who are constantly drawing you know not meeting you know expectations and that's kind of where i'm going with this in terms of 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 kind of being firm about deadlines and and warnings and stuff like that but we've got to be very very clear about that because that what i find chris is that it's always the same people who are constantly not meeting expectations right versus and you always know who is going to be the 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 hard worker who's going to get it done and every once in a while they miss something that's fine that's not a big deal i'm talking about the consistency and there's a difference on how you react to all of that. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. So let's say, um, you know, we, we have this conversation with someone. How, how much do you help someone who's underperforming where, like, let's say they honestly need help in improving. And then at what point do you get to, the, or, or when do you get to that point where you're just enabling them or not really addressing it? So yeah. how, how would you uh, differentiate between that? Yeah, that's good. As, as supervisors, as leaders, our job is to coach our staff when necessary. Uh, and, and we have to know our staff. We have to know their gifts you know, and strengths well to be able to do that. And so uh, coaching is in a real essential piece of this process to really help them develop those strategies and, and help them learn because we want everybody to be successful. You know, so coaching should be a normal part of your repertoire as a supervisor and you have to be willing to delve in there. Now, not right away, right? You know, cause you, to your point, Chris, you don't want to enable, you know, but we want to, to coach, you know, when necessary, but you got to give them a chance to own it first. So I am not early on necessarily giving deadlines or whatnot, unless it's something that's urgent. I want them to come up with a deadline, right? Because what you said earlier, Chris, it's like they are responsible for their ministry. They know how long something's going to take to be able to do, you know, and so let's, let's have them take that ownership versus me coming down and saying, you need this by whatever day. Uh, so that's what I want to do first and give them that benefit of the doubt. But again, if they're constantly missing those deadlines, you know, then we need to have that conversation. It's like, what is it about your, your system of working, your work processing, what's going on in the ministry that's not allowing you to meet the expectations? And that's when the questions that you ask really start to understand more fully why they aren't meeting expectations. And then you can start to create a coaching plan. 
However, you, it's a, it is a fine line between coaching and enabling because what you're looking for is growth in your staff member. So if they're starting to grow and starting to meet expectations and starting to improve their performance with your coaching, then you're on the right track. If you don't see improvement and a lot of things are falling to you to get done because you are helping coaching and that's not shifting and it's still coming back on you as a supervisor, then we are enabling. Uh, and that's when it becomes problematic and you, you can't do that. As a supervisor, you don't have time for that. And that's not what you pay your staff uh, you know, in ministry to do. You're not a babysitter, right? You know, you're, you're not here to do their job for them. You need to empower them to do their job. Does that help? Awesome. Does that enter kind of what you're, you were asking? Yeah, no, 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 definitely, definitely. Um, I, I think that's so important because, um, yeah, you, you don't want to be stuck in those situations. I know people who almost do the job for the person because they're underperforming and then they end up not like, because that person's not doing their job and yet they're doing it for them, there's resentment towards them, but there's a fear of confronting it. And then it's like, and, and then you're kind of like, well, why are we paying these people? Why are we yeah. paying them to do that? And, and, and that can be tough. Uh, that can be hard. And that's not just in church world. That happens in so many other places as well. Um, so, you know, what I, what I like and, and what I hear is the fact that you, you got to set deadlines. You got to have clear expectations, right? And, and not just clear expectations, but don't be afraid to set high expectations or um, ones that are a little bit of a stretch or a challenge. Because if you set the bar too low, it's a lot harder to raise that bar than it is to lower it. And, uh, and so um, that's, that's the first thing. The second thing is, you know, make sure you have deadlines. And if uh, deadlines not met, you know, you have that conversation, just confront it early, um, document those things, uh, document those conversations and, uh, and, and, and then make sure that you are um, helping them to do the job independently and, and on their own. Um, and, and John, if, if people follow these steps, I mean, it should help with whether they have to reassign someone or redo their job description or even let them go, right? I mean, basically, because now you've, you've covered yourself and, and you're able to make a more educated um, or informed decision, correct? Yeah. Well, yeah. But look, if you do the, just the things that we've named already, it usually doesn't progress any further than that. Usually people, again, will meet those expectations, realize, oh, you know, my pastor's very clear about this. He, he wants this done. Okay, I'm going to do it. And usually... That's not a problem. In most cases, it's not a problem moving forward. Then you don't have to worry about it anymore. You know, what we're, what I'm always fearful of that we need to watch out for is that consistency of not meeting the expectations. So then come August 15th, they still haven't done the task, right? You know, and you meet one-on-one after August 15th, you're like, I told you August 15th is a deadline. I'm going to have to give you again, this is, we're getting a little bit more serious here, but this is good HR processes. We have to give you a, a, a written warning about this because this is a constant issue that I've seen. I've got the documentation to back it up because I take notes during one-on-ones and stuff like that. You know, uh, and then what happens if, if you're still not seeing the improvement, right? And now the deadline's August 30th. Look, you have to do this. We're going to coach you through this and you still don't do this. Well, then that's when we move to more extreme level, which I don't want to delve into per se today is, is a a performance improvement plan, Uh, you know, and really now documenting, okay, being very clear, you've got 90 days or whatever, right? You've got to do these things. You got to be very clear about meeting these expectations. And that takes a lot of time and energy. Hopefully you don't have to get to that point. 
but in rare cases we have people who just consistently consistently are aren't meeting those expectations are lazy about it maybe they just can't do it right it's not maybe it's not a right fit eventually but it's only after you know the performance improvement plan and if they're still not improving after that then you have uh the justification to take a look at how do we shift this right again and we're not going to get into to firing or moving positions right now or like that but you see this is a long process chris this is not something that you know, one time, oh, they didn't meet the expectations. Once you're out, you're fired type of thing, right? We've got to be intentional right. about processes. And, and quite honestly, the process uh, uh, reduces our liability if we do have to make a shift at some point. Look, there are times that we just have to make a shift, you know, and it's time now to do that. Uh, and I understand that too. You know, any HR professional will say, well, no, you got to give it time. You got to give it time. But there's, I know there's some situations that, nope, we've got to make this change. We've got to make this change now. Again, that's a separate podcast. Uh, but again, if, if you start to be clear about expectations, deadlines, what you want people to accomplish in terms of their goals and how, and helping them get there and you're willing to coach them. Usually in most cases, you're not, it's going to end there. You're not going to have a problem with them moving forward, especially once they know that you're serious. And that's it. Sometimes there are some staff who will test you, right? It's like, is my boss, is my pastor, is my supervisor really serious about this? Let's see, right? There is a little bit of that in ministry that I've seen as well. So they're kind of testing. It's just like a child testing their parents, right? It's like, right. how many times do I need to ask to get ice cream before they finally give in, right? That happens in the workplace too. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Wow. So this is all good stuff. And, um, you know, definitely a lot to link back to, uh, definitely uh, with uh, one-on-ones and, and things along those lines. John, just with the last couple of minutes that we have, though, too, what do we do in situations where I'm not the supervisor and my coworker, like a teammate of mine, is underperforming? What are some tips that you can give or strategies you can give in that regard? Yeah. Um, here's why I said earlier that this is going to be really short. Um, you keep doing a good job regardless of what other people do. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's probably not wise unless maybe you've got a really good relationship. I wouldn't, I wouldn't coach you to go talk to that individual as peers, right? If you are peers working together, I, I just don't think that that's going to be a positive interaction. Again, it depends on the relationship, but I wouldn't advise it. If it's a true frustration with you, this would be my last thing you need to talk to your supervisor about it uh, and just let them know that this is a real frustration for you because you see it. And look, we all know, we all see it, right? We know who the hard workers are and who are not the hard workers on staff. Uh, and, and the leaders should take it seriously because it does affect culture. It does affect morale. Last thing you want is your high performing ministry leader to, to lose motivation because we're not addressing low performance leaders. But the, the, the peer shouldn't be addressing that with his peers. You know, he should be, keep working hard, right? Don't address it with your peer and talk to your supervisor. It becomes a huge issue. And, and hopefully the supervisor, I would advise, needs to address it. You know, and it, uh, and the supervisor then, if if it's their own staff member, then they, they need to address it. But if it's somebody else's staff member, then they need to talk to that supervisor would be able to do it and kind of pass it up the chain. So that's it. That's all I'd re recommend to do, but don't slack off just because other people are slacking off because that's, that's, first of all, it's not your work ethic. Uh, and, and that's not going to bode well on you and, and your ministry and what you do either keep at it, 
you know, and, and address as necessary with your supervisor. No, definitely. Definitely. Good stuff. Good stuff here. And, um, and yeah, I mean, again, it's important because you want healthy work environments and the best thing to do is to approach your supervisor and their supervisor can maybe have a conversation with another one, or if, uh, your supervisor is the only supervisor there, uh, let them address it as well. Um, but try not to build that resentment towards your coworkers. Um, great stuff. If, uh, you, uh, have questions about this or, um, want more, I definitely go to the churchpodcast.org. In fact, we've got links to previous episodes that talk about the subject um, at the churchpodcast.org. If you got questions that you want to ask us, shoot us a question at questions at the churchpodcast.org. John, if people want to reach out to you specifically, since it sounds like you have a lot of experience with this, how do they reach you? Yeah, check us out at parishsuccessgroup.com. Um, all of my information is there if you want to reach out to me directly. And of course, uh, social media as well. You can reach out to me on, on Twitter at John Ronaldo is the best way to do that too. Awesome. And you can find me at marathonyouthministry.com or on social media with Marathon Youth Ministry or Chris R. Wesley. And of course, we would love it if you left a five-star review on iTunes. Um, and now we're on Spotify. So uh, check us out on Spotify. Uh, share us with some friends. Uh, let them know about what we're doing here because, uh, you know, we're all about helping you do church better. So uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, again, don't be afraid to check out the churchpodcast.org for previous episodes. Uh, John, would you close us in prayer? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this, this Advent season that we are in as we prepare the way uh, during this uh, time uh, towards the Nativity, towards Christmas. Lord, we just ask you to bring your, your uh, spirit of, of grace and holiness and mercy on us as, as we prepare for these wonderful, wonderful days that we are about to celebrate. Prepare our hearts. May our families be prepared. May our ministries, those that we minister to, be prepared for this incredible experience. And Lord, continue to be with us, walk with each of us as we journey in the trenches of church ministry, as we work together to do ministry and to do church better. In your name we pray. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.